Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to episode 21 of the Clutchdown Podcast. We're back for a fun episode after the trade deadline. How's it going, Gavin? It's going obviously great because the Cowboys are on fire and uh, that's all I need in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, uh, we should just spend the whole first part of the episode just talking about the Cowboys, but that would mess up our entire structure. So. Li- literally, no one would want that except me, but I'm all in for that. No, maybe maybe we should only do 32 <laughs> episodes a season and we just do one for each team and we just hype up Th- that team and then we disappear for like eight months of the year. Uh, I thought you were just going to do 32 episodes about the Cowboys. Oh, are, are you going to start a, a different podcast now? The Cowboy <laughs> Down podcast? No, no, I'm not. But yeah, but, but I'm happy. I'm very happy. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you are. The Cowboys didn't make any trades. I think that's the big thing of the last couple of days is the the trade deadline happened. Um, so quite a quite an intense, quite a lot of trades and not just small trades going on. Quite a lot of big trades. It kind of becomes common every year that you only really get sort of backups get traded for late round picks, and generally there's only one or two maybe big trades that happen especially in sort of the last few hours on the trade deadline but we were we were spoilt yesterday i'd say because spoiled rotten spoiled rotten i mean i mean to a prefix of their start off obviously in the last week we had christian mccaffrey who got sent to the 49ers james robinson who got sent to the jets we chatted about those but a couple of the the nice trades i'll chat about before i go into a bit more depth on some of them robert quinn going to the eagles I like this trade. I I think the Eagles have a lot of depth. They've got top guys at every position, and you're you're bringing in a veteran who had was eighteen and a half sacks last season, who can just you know come in and rotation, pin his ears back, and go after the quarterback and and keep him fresh and keep your other guys fresh and keep that depth going till till later in the season. Obviously, had Kadarius Tony go to the Chiefs. They get a potentially big wide receiving throughout who's who's dynamic and has shown shown flashes of being very good and so it could be quite a quite a payoff if if that's the uh the the case um big trade on defense you had Rokon Swift go to the Ravens I I I think this is a good trade in terms of just a good player going to a good team and helping a good defense I don't think it's necessarily what the 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 Ravens should have focused on. I think when your offense literally just basically runs through Lamar Jackson throwing to Mark Andrews, you, they should have really gone in on some of the receivers. Like you had Elijah Moore who's not happy with the Jets, and then you've got Brandon Cooks who seems to get traded almost every season, who didn't get traded and didn't seem too happy about not getting traded. I feel like he should have really, or someone, the Ravens should have done something to improve that offense, but. You know, Rokon Swift's a fantastic player, leads the league in tackles this year so far, and it's it's all very good and a good situation for the Ravens where they just activated Tyus Bowser and the rookie David Ajabolo as well. So that defense is looking incredibly scary. But so, so, some of the top trades, I think my top three trades I saw that happened um, over the last week, you have to kick things off with TJ Hawkinson going to the Vikings. I, I think that that is a a pretty incredible trade not just for the fact that it's inter interdivisional because you get a player going from 
the Lions to the Vikings, but also just because Hawkinson might be that missing piece that the Vikings have got at the moment. You know, they're, they're what, six and one. Their offense is on fire. Their defense is playing very well. You've got Zedaria Smith, who's joint leader of the league in sacks. You've got kind of everything going well. And then tight end is a bit of a weak position for them. Well, up until now, because you obviously had Irv, Irv Smith there. He's been one of these dudes who's young and, you know, a, a mass, massively athletic specimen, but doesn't seem to have really lived S- up to... Specimen. Specimen, yeah. Like me, specimen. one of those, you know, no, like in Joker and all that, like some guys that you just look at, they look like they were just made in a lab for the NFL. Like they're just... They're, just... Perf- perfect, they're perfectly designed. They're, they're like they're like a perfectly designed player for every position, isn't it? Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah. Uh, 100%. And, you know, like you look at... You say, Sa- you say Saquon You're saying Hawkinson's one of those? Uh, I'm not saying Hawkinson's one of those. I don't think Hawkinson... I, I, I'm saying, ironically, I'm saying Irv Smith is one of those. However, Irv Smith hasn't lived up to that potential. Whereas TJ Hawkinson, I feel like this is going to be a situation where the Vikings will find that consistent potential in him. Like he's shown real big flashes of doing great stuff over the last few seasons. Had he did have like a thirty-point fantasy game earlier this season, and has done. Yeah, like, well, yeah. last last season he was he was a great player for me in, in fantasy. Um, and yeah, I think it's I think it's a really good trade. I think it's a, a I think it's that like with with the Vikings having such a good running game, um, giving 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 this sort of, you know I think or teams with a good running game always look better when they've got decent tight end options too, because you because like I don't think I I personally never think you're gonna rely on Kirk Cousins to win you all the games, so he needs he needs this kind of player to sort of like check down to. I think Hawkinson's a great pick for the for the Vikings, who yeah, looking really good. Um, it, it, it possibly elevates them. I mean, you know, I keep doing this every week. I'm going to start talking about a team as a but as a Super Bowl contender. But <laughs> but given given the division they're in, which is looking quite weak, it, it, it's I think it's a really good trade. Yeah, no, I I I think it definitely definitely helps. Like in terms of that team is all about you know Dalvin Cook running the ball, running hard. And then you've got a couple of fantastic receivers in Thielen and Jefferson who are there doing mm. the stuff on offense. Uh, yeah. All of a sudden, on that offense, you throw in another player who can, who's a massive receiving threat and is very, very good. Yeah. You, you go from a team that's yeah, you, as great... A, as a def- yeah, as a defense, you don't want to face that lot. No, no, because all of a sudden, that's another guy that you've got, you know, you're, you're over here double-teaming Jefferson on one side, that leaves Thielen open, and all of a sudden, put a double-team on Jefferson. Now you've got Thielen and Hawkinson on the same offense, and yeah. you've got Cook who can catch out the backfield. Like, as a team that's 6-1 and one going forward, and that train doesn't seem to want to stop stop rolling you've all of a sudden added another piece on offense that that is only going to help that situation sure the only thing i will pick you up on is surely if you talk about the vikings you should be talking about a ship not a train the viking ship oh very true very... come on this this is what i'm here for you're here for the stats and the numbers I'm here for the pointless observations. Yeah, very true, very true. Which is what the people, well, when I did the podcast before on my own, that's what they said. It's the like, one thing they this said NFL was stuff, missing. This NFL stuff's great. This content's great. However, we need somebody to come in there and just say just, absolute nonsense just to improve absolute it. No, it's not nonsense. Vikings row on ships, okay? That, that they, is... they, Vikings, right, were renowned for invading on ships. They never invaded on trains. Okay, I'm, 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 just, I'm just putting it out there. I, I'm just saying, were you there? You know, I, I was. I you, was. You there. That, I'm that, that old. Oh, true, I'm actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you an actual Viking? Is this the actually, issue? Is, you actually, took offence to that. That is part of the trade that you haven't noticed. He's gone from Detroit, the city of cars, 
to, to, to the Minnesota Vikings, that's renowned very, for their ships. That's very true. Is he gonna? Is he just gonna be traded around the league to different <laughs> different places that are to do with like travel, to do with tra- modes of transport? <laughs> modes where, where, of uh, so it's the Jets next, isn't it's it? The Jets, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of weird coincidences, that brings me on to my uh, my next trade, which I I like. And that's the fact that Calvin Ridley got traded from the Falcons to the Jaguars. First thing I found interesting about this is I never knew that a suspended player could actually be traded. I don't know the the history of if that's happened before, but I did not realize that you could actually trade a player who is like currently suspended. So that that was that was an interesting one. Yeah, uh, that's that's actually a really good point. Have, yeah. have you have you have you looked into that? Uh, I ha- I haven't. Let, let me. I'm gonna pull up the, the the Google machine now. Fill up the Google machine. Yeah, that's actually a really good point because on paper it's 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 a good trade. It's a good trade for the Jags. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm guessing they feel like they've got their quarterback. Um, that they're gonna rely on. So, um, giving him extra weapons seems like a an obvious thing to do, provided providing it goes the the way they want it to go. I think that's the the kind of win-win with this trade though is it's very it's very incentive based and I think a lot of people see with Trevor Lawrence at the moment is that you know his first year in the league was hardly he was hardly put in the greatest situation he was with a coach who was making so many distractions off the field uh, you know a team that went from first round pick to first round pick there was no kind of infrastructure and ability to support him and now he's gone into a season where you could argue this is almost basically his rookie season um he's going in it with a a, a now a good coach a super bowl winning coach they're starting to actually build around him and starting to build a a good team and i I think you know as we we've spoken about before with josh allen i think there's there's josh allen's kind of the you know the magnum opus of waiting and trusting your quarterback for a while and and you know and and letting them develop and the thing is with this situation you get ridley who can be a bona fide number one receiver and the details of the trade is trade is basically i've got train on the mind now the details of the yeah, trade the I'm details gonna, of I'm the trade the first. details of the train. train that's my other podcast <laughs> the train the train deadline <laughs> the train deadline yeah i just really really like trains yeah <laughs> but the, so the falcons trade so the return is two future draft picks and that maxes out as a twenty twenty three fifth rounder and a twenty twenty four second round pick. So basically, if Ridley is instated past a certain date, the fifth round pick will be a sixth round pick. If Ridley makes the team in twenty twenty four, that second round pick will be a fourth rounder. Um, there's there's a playing time caveat in that, which will turn the pick into a third rounder. For example, if you know that's that's for say for example, Ridley pays fifty percent of the snaps in the next season, then that will change it. Um, and then the Jaguars will give up a twenty twenty four second round pick if the team ends up striking a long term deal with Ridley. So for a player that could potentially be a wide receiver one year team, that's great because basically if he doesn't play and you know it, the controversy continue and there's still issues with him, then you're not giving up a crazy amount of draft capital however if he does play and does you know does really well and is is very good and and ends up being a bona fide receiver on your team you're giving Mm. up basically a second round pick and then a fifth round pick for a wide receiver one and i think they i think they need they need it don't they the jacks they need that number one receiver um to give to give trevor lawrence a, a fair shot 
Yeah, and I think what they did, and it was kind of obvious, like in the off season, they signed a lot of really good depth guys. And you know, Christian Kirk, I've I've rate Christian Kirk. I think he's a great receiver, but I don't think he can. You know, I don't think he can carry a team. You don't look at Christian Kirk and go, oh, no. he reminds me of DeAndre Hopkins. Or you don't look at him and go, oh, he's like Justin Jefferson. He's not that. He's a great receiver, but he's... He's more, it, in, he's, he's, yeah, he's more like a slot sort of... Yeah, like a he's slot. He's a good receiver. He's reliable. Yeah. He's yeah. reliable, but he's not. He's never going to be a number one. No, no, exactly. And so if this situation, you've got a solid guy who could be a solid number two and, and, and step up, and then you get Ridley coming, who can be a top receiver... Then that then you start to build those pieces, you know, especially with the Jags with Etienne now, the running back who had a monster game at the weekend, and they're starting to put the like the building blocks in place. Their defense has got some good pass rushes, has got some good players, so you're starting to build those building blocks up for a team, um, which is which is good. And and I think a lot last point on the Ridley trade, which is quite interesting, is the fact that so obviously Ridley was suspended for this season for for gambling. And the game that he actually bet on, he bet on the Falcons to beat the Jaguars. So he's been, he bet on the Falcons to beat the Jaguars, and now he's been traded from the Falcons to the Jaguars. It's just such a, it's almost like something you'd see in a movie, like yeah, a, a, a that's player's. Like, that's, that is crazy. Isn't yeah, it? I'm pretty sure that's that crazy. Isn't that just the plot to the Longest Yard? I, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it, it could be, maybe. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I'm read it. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't read that film. <laughs> I haven't read that film. Oh, well, fair enough then. I haven't seen that book either. So, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, oh. that big big trade for the Falcons, a uh, big trade for the Jaguars potentially. You know, st- starts new a new fresh situation for for Ridley. Jaguars get a good receiver. Uh, but bringing me on to my my final really nice trade and and an interesting trade because I feel like when you look at a lot of like big trades, especially that involve you know first round picks and so on for the future. You always try to see who's won. Like in the Russell Wilson to Broncos trade, you always try to look at it of, you know, who wins in this situation. But Bradley Chubb going to the Dolphins. So Bradley Chubb was traded to the Dolphins uh, for a package that includes a 2023 first round pick, um, as well as Chase Edmonds, wasn't it? Um, yeah, Chase Edmonds. Yes. Yeah, so the Dolphins right. sent the 2024 fourth round pick and running back Chase Edmonds, as well as the 2023 first round pick. And the Broncos send Chubb and the 2025th fifth rounder. And I know you kind of potentially look at this and go, well, is, is Chubb worth a, a first rounder at this point? But I think that's all to do with the context of the team. The Dolphins have looked great this season when two has been in. You know, they had a, a close game against the, the Lions this, this weekend, but. The Lions always seem to have close games against like the best teams. That's just part of what they do for some reason. But you've got you, you've got must the... be great fun being a fan. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at us! Like that. I think the epitome of the Lions the last couple of seasons was that what sixty-five yard field goal that broke the the record last year that Justin Tucker hit at the last seconds to beat the yeah. Lions, and it was just like if you're a Lions fan, you sit there and go really <laughs> just really yeah, to, to be honest to be honest you can well imagine certain fans probably walking out and they go the other people hey, they, they might miss no that's gonna go over yeah that's gonna yeah, go over yeah just, just leaving just walking out of the stadium yeah it's like yeah but that'll break the nfl record yeah but yeah but it's us isn't it of course it's good of course he's gonna break it now of course it's gonna be frustrating but yeah I, I i think this is a trade that that works for like i don't think there's any clear winner i think you know the Broncos get some draft capital back after losing a lot from the Russell Wilson trade. 
Um, and I think that the Dolphins, which are, you know, quite a, a strong team overall, especially offensively, but, you know, on defense, they've got some nice pieces. I think one of the pieces they're missing right now is a, is a strong pass rusher. Um, I was doing some some research on them earlier and saw that their, their, their top uh, pass rusher this year in terms of sacks is, is Jalen Phillips, the linebacker that has three sacks. You bring in Chubb, who has, what, five and a half, five and a half or six sacks already this yeah, season? yeah. And so all of a sudden that elevates your team to a another level. And if the if the Dolphins have gone, you know what? When we had our full healthy squad, we beat the Bills, and the Bills are this untouchable team that no one seems to be able to do anything against. And and they're going to be the ones that go to the Super Bowl, and that's it. All of a sudden you go, well, if we've managed to beat them, let's bring in a player. Like, don't worry yeah, about so, the draft so, capital for now. Let's bring in a top guy. So do you do you think this is a similar? This is almost uh, what what the what the um the Dolphins are doing is kind of similar to what the Rams were doing um when they made their Super Bowl run. I think so, and I, I think that's the reason why we had such a crazy trade deadline this year is because the Rams over the last couple of seasons have basically it's become sort of a running joke of them going ah, well, have two first rounders for this guy. And oh yeah, we'll give you a second for it. And sort of getting rid of the 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 picks so that they can just get the guys. Because at the end of the day, the 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 picks are, no matter what, if you get a t- pick the first pick or whatnot, they're, they're still a gamble. That's why you have, yeah. you know, a situation where someone like Baker Mayfield, who was, a you know, the first pick of the draft, is now basically reserved to a backup quarterback role. And you look at someone like Tariq Woolen, who was the cornerback for the Seahawks I've mentioned before and sung his praises, who was picked in the, I think, the sixth round of the last draft, who is tied for the league, league, in, lead league in interceptions this year. Easy for you to say. Yeah, it's just, yeah, boy, that was, yeah, I, I could get things Ooh. out, but, but league lead, league lead. Um, but, but that's the thing. It's like, it's a risk. And, you know, that's why you get these undrafted guys or who do crazy stuff over the years and, you know, win Super Bowls and do all that is because it is a gamble. So in this situation where you're going, okay, our team looks great. Our offense looks great. We've got a lot of good pieces. We're beating the top teams. Well, instead of thinking, all right, well, let's, let's use this first round pick to potentially get a, another weapon or another guy or pick a pass rusher that might work. We, why don't we, we just uh, trade uh, that? We have a- yeah, and the other thing about that is that whilst you've got the likes of of, of Tyreek Hill and Waddle, and you've got a quarterback that that in you know in theory, if he stays fit, could be their their franchise quarterback yeah. going forward. If you then wait next year for a first round pick, which then some first round picks just don't work straight away. Maybe you need him a year to develop. Those other players are getting you know they're, they're getting older. There's injury problems. Get, yeah, exactly. Right now, the Dolphins are looking like a good side, so it makes sense. It definitely makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't make, you, you don't make a big trade for one of the top wide receivers in the league over the last like five, six years to then go into the next season. And go right, okay. Let's slowly build this team. Like the yeah. the, the, the Dolphins, yeah. their roster is very good. Their their roster is very good, and you know, two. I think Tua this season has shown that. Okay, you give him the weapons. He's gonna put up the the stats and he's gonna win the games. Like against the Lions at the weekend, obviously they were down at one point. Um, I can't remember how far they were down, but down by more than two possessions. And I at no point did I, when I switched on that game or looked at it, did I ever think the Lions were gonna win that game? Just because I just have this belief in Tua this season. There's like this aura around Tua that it's a the season that the Dolphins are gonna do something crazy. And and I want Tua to do well because I feel like his story. And, you know, the things he's overcome, even just this season, you just want him to do well. 
But mm. it's 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 interesting though in terms of like the the trade co- trades and picks and so on because actually with this uh, Bradley Chubb trade, Bradley Chubb, Jalen Waddle, and Tyreek Hill have all come from the San Francisco trade. With the San Francisco traded up with Miami to pick Trey Lance, so the fact that uh, talking about first round picks and talking about picks and getting bona fide stars. Obviously, Tyreek Hill was traded for, Jalen Wadder was picked, and they've traded for Chubb. But the fact that you've turned two out of three of those first-round picks into Tyreek Hill and Bradley Chubb just shows that, you know, if you can get that balance right between trading for bona fide stars and also building your team in the draft, that's the, that, that's just, like, the, the big thing at the moment. I think that's what the Rams are trying to show with what they've done. But uh, obviously not having the greatest season, but if you go all out and do this and trade your picks and you win a Super Bowl... It doesn't really matter if you know if it takes you a few years to rebuild. You've still got that Super Bowl within the last you know five to ten years. Well, so, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah as, uh, trust me, as a cow, as a Cowboys fan, dude, I, as a Raiders I, I, fan, I, I, <laughs> literally, I was less sacrificed. Yeah, that, well, that's the point, though, isn't it? That's the point. Like a Raiders fan, a Dolphins fan, a Cowboys fan. What I will take a Super Bowl right now, right for for six, seven years. <laughs> of bang average football. Well, it's like, like, just, yeah, so, yeah. so it, make, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I've got a mate who's an it, Eagles it fan, and obviously the Eagles are doing great this season, but when they won in 2017, um, yeah, it was 2017, wasn't it? Um, the couple of years afterwards, he was going, you know what, okay, it's not great. I'm not sure who our quarterback's going to be. I'm not sure what's going to happen and all that. He's like, well, I don't mind. I'm going to ride this high for like another decade before it <laughs> before it starts to wind me up. And obviously yeah. the Eagles are doing well. But he was just like, yeah, he's like the fact that we've won a Super Bowl in the last five years. I'm just going to be happy about that for quite a long time. You just kind of have to play aggressive and go, right, what we've got is this. We've got Tua, we think is our, is our guy. Let's go out and get the weapons he needs. All right, we've got Waddle and Hill. Okay, coach, let's get a, a couple of good running backs who I'm familiar with, and Mostert and Jeff Wilson, who got traded to the um, Dolphins too. You know, let, let's get some more pieces on defense, and then let's just go for it. That's all you can do, I'd say. And yeah. for McDaniel, who's a first-year head coach as well, the, the the team that he's got and the what he's been doing with the team um, just is I'm just yeah it'll be it's gonna be fun to watch it's gonna, it's gonna be, be a lot of, it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch it's gonna be lots of fun to watch so it brings us perfectly onto our <laughs> next segment yeah that wasn't planned in any way shape or form so we got a new I mean, a, it, it rolled beautifully I don't, it, it wasn't planned it wasn't planned That's i don't so remember to, okay let me just go for my notes so throw to it'll be fun segment and then yeah <laughs> oh yeah so, so so this is just reading the script so so this is a new a new segment we've got which is basically called well, I'll let you explain it because uh, you, you came you up saying, with it. Yeah, this, this this is where I come into the pod. This is where I come into my four in the podcast because because I I am here to feed you, to to feed you things to talk about. Oh boy, am so I hungry? Anyway, if, <laughs> get ready, get ready. Right. So I came up with this little feature called a lot of fun to watch because I don't know if anyone else listens to this. They may well have noticed that Reese does tend to say things like should be a lot of fun to watch when he talks about certain players. Mm-hmm. Something I picked up on massively when he was talking about the draft when I first started listening to his podcast. A lot of fun to watch was like literally a drinking game. So <laughs> so the idea is that I'm going to throw you two possible, uh, two two things to talk about in coming to the weekend, coming to uh, week nine. Is that right? Yeah, week, week nine. Week nine. Week nine. So two things. And you're going to pick one of them and you're going to talk about in 60 seconds why this is going to be the thing out of those two things to watch okay okay and i'm starting fairly simple to this week just going to start with just 
a fa fairly simple nips for this week, and then we'll go into something a little bit more detailed next week. Cool. Okay. So sounds good. Sounds good. So hit me. I picked two games. I picked two games. So we've got Green Bay at Detroit. Green Bay trying to find some form, divisional rivalry, going into Detroit. So that's option one. Buffalo at the Jets. In Ooh. on paper, you'd think that maybe the Buffalo will just go in there and kick some ass. Yeah. But the Jets have had a decent defense this year. So which one is it is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Okay. Okay. Let me I I think I think it's going to be Lions versus Packers. Uh, I'm going to count to three, and then I'm going to start my timer, and in 60 seconds, I'm going to tell you exactly why I think it's Lions versus Packers. So, Sh what... Sh shall, I start, shall I start the timer so that I can stop you at the exact point? Yeah, why not? Why not? That seems... Yeah, yeah. Or maybe we should both start timers. Maybe we should just get... <laughs> maybe if anyone's listening Ooh, to this in the park, just start... Timers. start a, even if, you know, start a timer yourself. You know, I don't care if you're driving and listening to this. Just start a timer. Just start a timer. If you're on, if, if you're on, if you're driving or on the toilet, actually, it'd be quite interesting to know where you listen to this. Driving on the toilet. Yeah. If you're on the toilet for the whole podcast, then damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we're gonna keep talking and just make this so much Woo! worse for you. <laughs> what have you been eating? <laughs> um, right. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start the, I'm gonna start the, start the clock. You got 60 seconds in three, <clears throat> two, one, go. Cool. So my, my game to watch this week is going to be Lions versus Packers. I don't think it's going to be Jets versus Bills because I think the Jets have shown in their last game against the Patriots that they're not quite at that level to compete with the top teams yet. I don't think Zach Wilson has showed that he's that guy. I think he makes too many boneheaded mistakes. And I think the Bills are just going to come in there and beat the brakes off of them. I think if they're doing that against the Patriots and struggling to score a lot of points against the Patriots, the Bills are just going to come in there and destroy them. I think in terms of Lions and Packers, you've got a divisional game. You've got the Lions who just came off a pretty decent game against the Dolphins. The Packers are going to come in one in blood. I think the Lions defense has been so awful this season that this game is going to be a real high score and affair. I think the Packers defense and team is all over the place. But I think the Packers, I think you're going to get Dylan have an excellent run game. I think you're going to have Jones have an excellent game. You're going to have a couple of lesser known receivers on the Packers have a really good game. And I reckon you're going to have a high score and affair, something like maybe 42-30 to the Packers in the end. Bang. 57 seconds. 57. Wow. Not bad. 57 seconds. Not bad for the first, for first one. And the, and, and the amazing thing about that was about 28 seconds of that was the game that wasn't <laughs> going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I, th I think that's that's going to be a fun segment week by week. But <laughs> It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch and listen to and perform. But we've, we've spoken yeah. about some trades. We've spoken about a couple of games. <clears throat> I think... We're seeing based off your your you know your blitz last week, which was does McCaffrey turn the 49ers into a Super Bowl caliber team? When I spoke to you, I said no. I said, you know, I think there's only so much that a running back can do. You know, they can only rush, they can you know, receive the ball out of the backfield. Um someone like McCaffrey can run routes, but you know, they're they're limited in what they do. And so what does McCaffrey do in his second game playing for the 49ers? Has a pass touchdown, a rush touchdown, and a receiving touchdown. Does it all, becomes only the 
third player since 1970 to do that. The other guys who are Walter Payton and Ladanian Tomlinson, so some pretty good company that he's keeping. But I think yeah. I, I, I'm almost ready, already to change my mind and say, well, actually, but, but just I think the 49ers have shown in one in you know the second game with them just how dynamic that guy is, and the, I do the, think the it kind of switches is, it up. Yeah, the simple fact is that I clearly know more about the NFL than you do. That is the simple fact. So the, the more <laughs> just, we do, the... it, 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 it's just so obvious because yeah. of that one question that I asked, and, and you seem to go against it. I mean, I can't, I can't help it. I'm looking forward to um, the, so yeah, the we, next we, we, bits we, later we, where you you'll continue to pick <laughs> apart my my soul. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the running backs, aren't we? We're gonna, yeah, we're going to. Um, have a little discussion about these bad boys. Yeah, well, well I, say, I, but... I think it's a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's it, right I, now. I might be wrong here, but would you say that right now, like if you were to take the running backs as like the class of twenty two, it's a decent class, isn't it? There's a there's a lot of there's a lot of good players this year. Like we what we're seeing, like McCaffrey obviously is back on top form, which is good for everyone. Like he's just such a dynamic and you know great player to watch and you want him to yeah. be healthy you know saquon's healthy and, and, at the and moment now, henry's and now, healthy and now a team that hopefully he might actually get some wins at since yeah. since the since the panthers have been basically on decline since that super bowl and also uh, the, good, final. the good thing about the 49ers is they 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 tend to have a lot of running backs in their roster so that they can keep the players healthy so I mm. think that you're obviously McCaffrey's going to be used as your top guy, but when you've got you know Debo Samuel in there as well, uh, and that was a game where Debo Samuel didn't play. So obviously when you think about throwing Debo Samuel in there with McCaffrey and then you know your other running backs that you've got on the roster to keep them yeah. healthy, it's 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 just I don't, I think it's going to be you know like the greatest show on turf. It's going to be a a new offense that we haven't actually seen before. I think that the way Shanahan draws up concepts for his like top players, I do think that now after seeing McCaffrey and seeing the stuff that he's done with him in one game, I do think it's going to be just an offense that is unlike anything we've ever seen seen before in the league. And, but, and, and would you would you say almost as good as uh, a certain team with a blue star um, who have an incredible incredible dual running threat now? Yeah, although like, at the weekends like, you know, uh, weekends one of those dual running threats is out. So Mr. Tony Pollard, what a game, Mr. Mr. Tony Pollard, or as he likes to be called, Tony Pollard. Um, so, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah, unbelievable. Um, obviously, as a fan, just seeing that and seeing the fact that he's not just being a sort of supplementary number two that comes in and does the occasional flash, which he's been doing for a couple of years now. He's actually kind of like breaking through holes and starting to look like a legit number one. Not that I'm saying he should be a, a, a number one, because Zeke still has the power. He's still got that that sort of elite, I, I think he's still got that elite uh, ability, but Pollard is now allowing Zeke to sit out plays. And whereas you used to sort of see Zeke on the sideline and think, ah, Jesus, you know, like we're probably going to pass it here. That's the difference. Now you've got Pollard and teams have to respect that it's not just a case of uh, they're going to go to Pollard if, if they run out of options, check yeah. it down or something like that. Yeah. Now, now you have to respect that Pollard is almost the number one running back. And that's that. That makes such a big difference to the Cowboys, because you can take Zeke out, let him have a rest, heal the ankle for for five minutes, you know, with the latest in, injury, or whatever. Yeah. And Pollard isn't going to be, uh, isn't just just there to make up the numbers. He's actually going to make things happen, and and he's been doing it this season. And that's for, for, as a Cowboys fan, that's awesome because it just takes that pressure off Zeke to always be the guy doing it. Well, it leads to an, an interesting question because you you briefly sort of touched on it there, but. 
you know, going going forwards, obviously we've seen our dynamic and how explosive Pollard is. Is this a situation where, you know, you want the team to just go with Pollard as their top running back or you want them to move on from Zeke or trade him in the offseason? Or is it a situation where you want them to continue doing what they're doing with basically Zeke being the lead <clears throat> guy and then Pollard coming in in games to be that like dynamic change of pace dude? I think I think the Cowboys shot themselves in the foot by letting Cooper go, um, and they were starting to look like they had a sort of like a a multi layered threat um, for for Dak. I think personally, you keep Zeke. You 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 have this great dual threat now. Um, yeah, they st- the Cowboys I think still need a, a wide receiver, but I don't think we're in a I don't think we're in a in a Super Bowl winning. I don't think we're a Super Bowl winning side right now, but maybe you can address the wide receiver thing in the draft next year. You keep Zeke and Pollard, which gives you a really good dual threat. Um, you've obviously, um, oh, my, my, my mind's gone blank now. Uh, the, the wide receiver. Right, well, uh, CD Lamb. Yeah, you've got CD Lamb. I mean, I'm, I don't, I'm still not 100% convinced that CD Lamb is a number one yeah, me wide neither. receiver. Yeah. Um, but so you've got CD Lamb. You've got you've got Pollard, you've got Zeke, you've got Dak Prescott. Uh, I, I have my doubts sometimes about him, but he does put up numbers at times. I think you keep Zeke, you build around that, and who knows? I, the Cowboys are such a strange team because, like, suddenly we've got this really good looking defense. So maybe you know, the, the, like, you you think about what Dak can do with his feet because mm. he's starting to get that Dak Prescott starting to get that back again. Yeah, like the weekend, he's starting to run a little bit more, and <clears throat> I know they don't necessarily want to rely on that Prescott running, but when you combine it with Zeke Pollard, that Prescott running, you you the defense never can basically the, the opposition defense can never just assume you're going to pass when you have all those different threats. Yeah, and that's so important, I think, for the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, and I think it's it's kind of. Uh quarterbacks and coming back from injuries and just getting back into that competitive nature like obviously there's going to be you know reservations for with with Dak scrambling as much after his injury a couple of seasons ago because it kind of derailed them for for quite a while after that but when players start to get back into it and when they start to get that trust back in themselves and so on like it's it's so good to watch like you look at Tua coming back at his first game against the uh Steelers after his after his concussion he said you know I'm going to be I'm going to be safe with the ball and I'm I'm not going to you know put my head down and all this and he's lowering his shoulder he's scrambling out he's hitting hitting players and all that because he's a competitor and he wants to win yeah, well, that's and that it, yeah, seems you, you like can... the same guy yeah. like yeah he, he just wants yeah. to win yeah that's it I th- I, the thing is American football careers are short I think the players go into with a with a win <clears throat> mentality you I don't think you make it in the NFL if you don't go into it with a winning mentality no. and so every single player that goes into the play you can't go I, I, I would be amazed if an if a player can go into any single play and not try and not try to break through a tackle to make the play you know what I mean yeah. unless of course you're maybe a wide receiver and you're playing at your contract yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah running yeah. back running backs quarterbacks i don't think it's this position that you can play half-hard no no and i think it's it's kind of cool of why they asked you about basically the whole pollard and zeke thing is that i think the the running back position has almost become a bit of a 
you know, oh, we'll get a young guy, have him on his rookie contract and then release him or trade him somewhere else. It lost quite a lot of value. But I think what you're seeing with, you know, McCaffrey and Pollard and Barkley and I say Travis Etienne for the Jags and all that is you're seeing almost a bit of a resurgence in the fact that they're like, well, actually, when you've got a dynamic back like this, it isn't just as simple as, oh, we'll use our third round pick on a random dude who'll then come in and and he'll have like a thousand yard season or it'll be good you're seeing that actually when you've got guys who who are good running backs and top running backs and have that elusiveness and so on is that it's actually can change your team from being just okay to being like a very top team like you look at the 49ers you go oh well you know, if they got rid of, if they didn't have McCaffrey and they carried on with Jeff Wilson, does that mean that they're a top caliber team? No, you only have to exactly. look at McCaffrey going in there now. And I, I say, I completely yep. take back what I said. They're a, <laughs> a completely different team. Like they, they look like you know, beat the absolute so brakes off of the Rams, and they look like that team that can get there. But yeah, yeah, no, no, it's good to see the the running back position and what's happening with that. But considering we started off this section talking about McCaffrey and your blitz last week for me, which was about, you know, does McCaffrey make the 49ers a Super Bowl team? I said no last week. This week I'm saying, you know what, actually, yes. What's your blitz for me this week? What what's what you what are you talking about? What you got for me? Right. Okay. So yeah, I do you know what, you know what I love about the blitz is you don't see it coming. See, that's no. why it's good. No. Now we're not putting a, I'm not gonna put a time on you on, on, on this one. Okay. Right, so okay. Ready? Yeah. Uh, it's again. It could. It could be an easy one to answer, and we'll have to go back to it to see if you're right or wrong. Yeah. Um. Are the Eagles going unbeaten this season? If not, who are they losing to? Okay. Uh. Okay. First of all, I'm going to say that the the caveat with this is that they could easily go into Week 18 in their last game of the season, uh, and they could be undefeated then, and then they'd lose in Week 18 because they'd start their backouts. But I'm going to discount that. And just talk about their their basically their their record for the season, not including that. I I think I think to be honest, I think they do. I I think that they're they're they've remained very very healthy. Um, I was listening to Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey's podcast earlier, and they were talking about the fact that uh, Jason was talking about the fact that their bye week um uh came at like the 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 perfect time basically it, it will has come at like the perfect time basically um to to give them some chance a chance to to rest so going into the last game they felt a lot more healthy and their o-line got healthier and that and so overall their team's been very healthy and i think they've just seemed to have depth everywhere i think when they mm. won the super bowl a few years ago one of the things they had was they just had depth all over the place so even going through... even at court even at quarterback <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they they yeah. actually like you know whether we you know whether Foles is great or not. He he was a dependable a dependable uh, backup quarterback to come yeah. in. Yeah, as and be a number one. Yeah, and and I think the two things with that is I think the reason why he could do that was because of the depth that the team had at you know running back, receiver, and and you know the how their O line was. Um, despite the fact that obviously Foles was great, but and and played just amazingly through that playoff run. But I th- I think they do. I think you know if we look at their games, they've got the Texans um th- Thursday night um or well Friday morning for for us. But they've got the Texans then. Texans are a team that just haven't been great this season. 
their rush defense has been all full and the eagles can just rush the ball they can pass the ball they could do whatever they want basically they go from that into playing against the commanders the commanders have improved lately but they haven't exactly won emphatically against the packers or the the was it the colts the week yeah the colts the week after two teams who haven't been exactly been fantastic then they go to eagles go to the colts afterwards winnable game they go to the packers and i think by then the packers could easily be a team that's you know not got a great record and and are just basically trying to save the season in some way they go to the titans after that um which again titans, titans is a potential banana skin no. potential but i think the thing is like we were talking about that team runs through Derek henry and i think when you've got the the defensive line they've got with it's jordan davis their rookie isn't it and then they've got fletcher cox and then you've got pass rushes in Hassan reddick and i can't remember who their other guys but then obviously you've just signed robert quinn in there i think you've got all the necessary players and guys to to keep to, to keep henry at bay basically and the problem okay. is the titans they they can't they're not exactly an incredibly high scoring offense and the no. problem is when your team runs through a running back when you start to get down against another team you have to start passing the ball and i don't think the titans have the the strength in their passing game and receiving game to basically be able to to beat a team on passing merit okay. alone um, okay so you're on yeah. you're onto the you, you think okay they're doing they're beating the giants yeah, yeah, I th- I think the the Seahawks game at the weekend showed that as much as Daniel Daniel Jones has shown maturity and improved and and has shown that he can you know he can at least not be the the yeah. negative aspect in big games. He hasn't shown that he can be the difference maker in big games, and so okay. I I think that the Eagles just smother them there. And I, I think the thing is, what once the Eagles are what are they seven and zero now? Uh, yep, they're, yeah, yep, they're practically 8-0 tomorrow. <laughs> so, don't, don't say that. Remember the last time we said that about a team and we were emphatically guaranteed. convinced they were going to get a guarantee. You guarantee a win, the team loses. That, that's why I didn't want to even, even yeah. say that. But I think the thing is, once you start yeah. to get to like, you know, they're, a 7-0 a seven season I, I, I can just, turn I just into... Wanted you to keep go- yeah, I just wanted you to keep going down, down the weeks until you got to week 16. When they the the they play the uh the uh they struggle to read this team actually the um, the, the Dallas Cowboys oh. at the AT and T oh that that is I mean and it, why is it so often in, in in recent history it's always Cowboys Eagles to be honest I'm a little bit surprised that's not Week 18 because because it, it just feels like. It just feels like that's a that's one of those games. And as a Cowboys fan, I've been there in the part in the recent past, seeing Romo getting absolutely battered. Yeah. Um. It. I. I really am hoping that come week sixteen, that's the game where we derail them. That has got the potential because yeah, you're right. Basically, go the next few weeks, they are all winnable games. Yeah. They are all very very winnable games until they get to the Cowboys away. And that is going to be a huge game for the Cowboys. If the Cowboys aren't up for that, when when the Eagles roll in town, what I don't know, what are they going to be by then? 12, 13, 14, and 0? Uh, so that would 8, be... 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. If they fair, come fair, into the Cowboys, 14, 14 and, 0, yeah. and 0, and the Cowboys aren't up for that, then they will never be up for a game. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think if the if the Eagles manage to keep as healthy as they are, because the thing is, right now, the, the Cowboys defense their rush defense is one two three four five six seventh worst in the league in terms of the amount of yards they're giving up 
and I, I think the Eagles run game um, is obviously it, it sh- showing that it's very, very good. You have to defend Hurts. You've got to defend Sanders. You've got Scott. Mm-hmm. And then um, there, are other, there are other running back um, in there. And that's a lot of lot of players to, to defend without even thinking about the receivers that they've got going on. And right now, the other thing is the Eagles are just not turning over the ball at all. They're just they're they're top in the league in terms of turnover um uh differential at the moment. They're just not turning over the ball. So I th- I think that they're doing all the things right. And obviously the main thing I'm talking about is they're remaining healthy. So if they can remain healthy and just keep doing what they're doing, I can't see a team in the league that can beat them. And and I think I say for the for the Cowboys in that game. I just think that if your your rush defense is given up so many yards so far throughout the season, you're going against a team that their identity is is rushing the ball. I think that's going to kind of be the difference maker then. But again, you never know because it, every everything changes, and you know you wouldn't exactly look at the game at the weekend where the the Dolphins were downloads against the Lions. You wouldn't have looked at that uh, game with the Raiders and the Saints and go, "Well, the Raiders are all of a sudden going to get." Shout out for the first time since 2014. I wouldn't have necessarily looked at the Bengals versus Browns and gone, oh, well, the Browns are going to blow out the Bengals. So I, uh-huh. I think it's very, very hard to go undefeated as a team. But for me, I think that once the Eagles get basically past it being a winning season, so past nine wins in this season, that train, I feel like it's just going to continue rolling and they're just going to keep that going into the playoffs. And I just would find it very hard to, especially with Jalen Hurts, with Jalen Hurts being able to, you know, rush the ball, but then coming off a weekend where he barely rushed and threw four passing touchdowns. Like, what can you do against a guy like that? It's like when you look at Josh Allen, you go, well, yeah. that guy can pass the ball and throw it 90 yards downfield, but then could also beat with his legs. Like, what What do you do against those teams? So- that's the thing. But yeah, I think I think that's a good good blitz. And, you know, maybe, maybe it'll be wrong and Thursday all of a sudden they'll we'll get make a note Texans, of it. Will, Texans will beat the brakes off them. But yeah, I, 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 that would be just, that would be such my luck is that, you know, I say all of this and give all these reasons and this passionate speech of why the Eagles are going to go undefeated. And then they go, oh, Oh yeah, no, they they just their record at the end of the season was seven and ten. <laughs> I don't see that. No, I don't see that. But, but yeah, <laughs> okay, I think well, that, well I think that's why. I think I I think that's why. And and I th- I think we're now we've started chatting about the the games and you know and our predictions for the Eagles. It's probably good to chat about our game predictions just kind of overall uh, and maybe yes. kind of first chat about the the what went wrong with our predictions last week because basically last week we got you and me we got the same amount of predictions right in the end so i got 10 out of 15 you got 10 out of 15 ones that you got wrong were the jags bears raiders jets and bengals ones that i got wrong were the jags raiders jets giants and bengals i think we we probably we should probably start talking about the the Broncos Jags game because obviously we were yeah. we were there shooting it so it's quite a nice nice one to start talking See, so, about. So, so, yeah, definitely. So what I find interesting is when I'm shooting it, I, I generally haven't been shooting the games for the last you know six or seven years. I find it really hard to keep up with what's going on because I'm so busy running around trying to get photos and obviously for you video guys it's a lot easier you just sat in one place you just filming it as it's going on i know it's it's so easier being a video um but <laughs> <sighs> um, why did no, i why did i but, invite you to do this again why yeah no but um it it, it 
yeah, I think the one stand. So from for me again, I, and I'm being serious. I do find it hard to follow the game when you're so close because I am obviously concentrating on what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and I know your brain can work on dual levels, and my can't. Yeah, right. But it was so notable to see Russell Wilson being Russell Wilson. Yeah, like it was, and and which obviously made it made the game better to watch because the, to be honest, the first quarter you did kind of think, wow, like are the Broncos really like going to carry on being yeah. as bad as they've been. And then it's like, I don't know, maybe maybe it'd be a watershed moment for, for, for the Broncos and, and, and Russell Wilson, where it's like, okay, I'm going to have to start being Russell Wilson. I have to be the guy that they gave so much up to get. And and it, and it, and, it, and it, it, he came alive. It happened. The thing is, ironically, I think, I think the reason that he came alive was because the pressure wasn't on him. So what I mean by that is that they that game felt very much like I say first couple of possessions of the quarter it was basically let's make Russ make a play and it seemed like almost after that they went hold on why don't we just run the ball and see what happens here and then it felt like the game went through Melvin Gordon Latavius Murray mm. and it was all to do with rushing the ball there and then I felt like because the game plan was run the ball do this then Russ was able to go right we've got a safe like way of doing this game plan and then he was able to be himself i almost feel like the rest of the season it's basically been okay russ we're gonna put everything on you and if we lose it's on you and if we win it's on you and if you know if if, if nothing goes mm-hmm. on if we score 16 points it's on you whereas i felt like with this they suddenly went let's make an adjustment let's just run the ball and then when russ needs to make a play or make a play and there was a lot more of that you know seeing some of the replays and some of the things where he'd you know scramble out and then throw a little check down and then that would go for a first down, or it would go for like five or six yards, or he'd scramble out himself. And it just felt so much more dynamic and so much more of what we wanted to see from Russ. And, you know, they scored 21 points in the end, wasn't it? Um, mm. It was a close game, but that Jags defense has been very good all season. So I, th- I think as a performance, I think it, it was definitely a lot more of what we wanted to see from from Russ. And, and I agree with you. It's 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 kind of feels like they're going right. OK, let's run the ball. Let's do this. We've got we've got the players. We've got some good receivers. We've got two good running backs. Like, let's just put the ball in their hands. And then when Russ, Russ needs to make a play, let Russ make a play. Uh, well, that's what we want, because, I mean, going into this season, everyone go went with the AFC West and went, oh, you've got Herbert with the Chargers. You've got. Mahomes with the Chiefs, you've got Wilson with the the Broncos, you've got Carr with the Raiders, and they've just got Devontae Adams. Like it's going to be the most hardest division in the world, and it's yeah. fallen a bit flat. Besides the Chiefs, it's kind of fallen a bit flat. Like the Chargers don't look very convincing, the Broncos don't look very convincing, the Raiders definitely don't look very convincing. So ho- hopefully, I so say you, you want you want it to be that the Broncos play the Chiefs, and it's a, a you know Wilson versus Mahomes is like the big game, and it's fun, and it's mm. a high scoring affair, and all that. So for for just the league itself, it's it's good if that's what happens but yeah the, the AFC West has been a slight disappointment this year and especially with the say one of the teams that we picked to win this weekend the Raiders who lost 24-0 to the Saints oh, oh mean, man you, yeah I, I so, do, do, you want, do you want to talk or do you want to have a minute's silence um I, I think if we're, <laughs> we're just gonna bleep out the following following minute and then i'll and then i'll try and calm down no, I, no, I, no I, yeah. what, I'll, I'll let you i'll let you rant thank you okay <laughs> yeah the the raiders uh, to start off with the the coaching is just is just bad the, the the play calling like mcdaniels is a good offensive coordinator but he's not a good coach 
I think it's shown that I don't understand why after his failed attempt at being at the Denver Broncos, after he left the Colts high, high and dry, um, Mark Davis went, you know what, let's let's bring this guy in as a coach. He's just not a good coach. The, the decisions and the, 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 the choices of plays and the choices of things, like against the Chiefs early this season, you got a chance to draw the game and you go for two. And then you get the ball back and then you get a, a fourth down and one. You don't run it with Josh Jacobs who's been going all over the team. A couple of times in that Raiders game, it was so third and one, second quarter. Instead of just running the ball, put the ball in Josh Jacobs' hands, who's who's been putting the team on his back all season. They ran a cutesy jet sweep with Devontae Adams, who was basically on death's door and ill for the entire week. And then the play <laughs> goes nowhere. So then they punt the ball again. And then... Another one where the interception happened on third and two. Didn't decide to run the ball. Derek Carr just forced it over the middle. It gets intercepted. Like, it's, it's you know, if you, if you at least keep the other team honest and you run the ball through Josh Jacobs, who has been, you know, a bright spot and, want, and one of the only guys on our team who seems to want to play for the entire season... I, I don't understand what the mentality is. And then you get to the game afterwards and, and listening to some of the interviews, Josh Jacobs is talking about the fact that he wants guys to train like they're annoyed. He wants guys to train like it means all that. And it goes and talk, they talk to Josh McDaniels and McDaniels is like, uh, yeah, no, that seems like a good idea. And there's just no like level of leadership. There's no like annoyance. It seems like if they win, he couldn't care less. And if they lose, he couldn't care less. And it just it seems like it's just not good. And then you go onto the defense side and the tackling's bad and the play calling on defense is bad. Like overall, everything is just not good. Coming off of a season last just... year where, well, I'm nearly done. Coming off of a season <laughs> last year where you've got players who rallied around such negativity and such bad things that happened in the season to go to this season with all the hype and just be terrible. And to, to finish it off, the last point, which kind of sold the whole thing for me, so it gets to the end of the game. You bring Jarrett Stidham in. He go, drives down the field. They go over the half uh, the halfway line for the first time of the game with like two and a half minutes left. You get down to the Saints, uh, Saints end. It's first and goal. You have an opportunity to kick a field goal to at least, you know, take the take the goose egg off the board, make sure that it's not a shutout. And then they're with no timeouts, they're going for passes and trying to get into the end zone. It's like that for me just encapsulated it of, not at least even kicking a field goal just to get that off the board and just to be like, okay, at least you didn't get shut out. It kind of said it all for me about that game. Mike drop. <laughs> <laughs> what was brilliant was that halfway through that, I'm literally like, well, that's that surely is the is the the name the name of the podcast is we the Las Vegas Raiders and the not good coach. <laughs> all right, well, at least you it's... found the name. <laughs> Oh, oh it, it was enjoyable to listen to your rant. I mean, the thing is, I mean, you know, obviously you study the Raiders a lot more than I do. All, all I could say was that it wasn't even like it was against a really good side. No, you know, it was, it was, it was a shutout and a battering by a team that's what three and five are they now? Three and five now, yeah. They were, so, so they were two and five going into that game. And, and yeah, like as a neutral, someone on the outside looking in, what the hell? 
<laughs> especially just, after you know you see the game that we were one point had a one point loss against the Chiefs, which we could have won, and then we go to that to all of a sudden struggling against Andy Dalton and the Saints. Like it just it just shows that the that you know the coaching system is just not good, and you know I, I don't think yeah yeah if if you literally if you said to a team a team like the Raiders with what they thought was going to come away with no points from any game. You'd, you'd think, well, that, that's not right. I, I, literally, if you'd have said at the, at the start of the season, you bet, will, will the Raiders go this whole season and have a game where they don't score a point? You wouldn't take that bet. No, no, no. It's, 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 it's insane. American football absolutely blows your mind sometimes with these with these games that happen. Yeah. Um, because, like, okay, right. What, like, realistically, what did you think the Raiders... Um, uh, what did you think the Raiders' record would be at the end of the season, at the end of the regular season? I, I I thought it I I think I still think it'll be somewhere around five hundred. No, like what did I, you think at the start? Of the at season? the start of the season, I thought we were probably a te- with all the hype, sort of ten and seven. So the same as last okay, year. Yeah, because you're still in the tough you're still in the tough division. So you you'd assume you're going to lose at least one game to the Chiefs, yeah. possibly two. Yeah. The Chargers obviously have um well I mean to be honest it's a disappointing season so far but you'd mm. assume that maybe you'd win one lead one against the Chargers again the Broncos at the start of the season you'd think with everything that they've got you'd have thought maybe you'd win one lead one there but the rest of the games you, there's where you'd pick up a lot more yeah to be t- to be two and five I I I if some again if someone had said to you at the start of the season after seven games you'd be two and five there's no way you would have accepted that. Oh no! It's crazy. No. It's, it's absolutely it's coaching, crazy. man. Coaching. That's the thing. Same with the Broncos. Coaching. Like you, you, you get new coaches in there, and it's like, yeah, as as good as the roster is, that that doesn't mean doesn't mean anything. If you know, if you've got a guy who can't lead properly, or a, a guy that just can't coach, then that this is the thing that happens. But hope. I mean, you hopefully, but oh, go on, go on. You need Jason Garrett. Yes, at least at least that that guy could clap and motivate a team. Hey, let me tell guy, let me right. tell you that guy that could that guy could clap, motivate, and be ginger. Yeah, you and three uh, three key elements, three things that Josh McDaniels just cannot do. <laughs> Andy Dalton <laughs> can at least do two, Andy Dalton <laughs> could do two of those three things. I've never seen him clap before, but maybe we just well, maybe we get Andy Dalton as our coach. It can't be can't be any worse than the current situation. Hurry up. Hurrying up the play. Ah, there, so there, you there you go. There you go. There you go. He's got the three. He's got the trilogy. He's got the trilogy. And that's what you need. Every, sing, every single episode will come back to Ginger Beards. I'm telling you. Everyone. Yeah, we're, we're slowly breaking it, breaking exactly. breaking the league down. Probably nowhere just, near just, as far just, as it should be, for, but we're going to do it. Just wait for Dak Prescott's next injury. Cooper rushes back in. We're all good. Yeah, then we're right back to the start. But yeah, hope, hopefully things change okay. with the, you know, you want close games and you want t- teams like this. Like, it's not good for anyone to see Russell Wilson losing loads of games or the Raiders losing loads of games. You want you want the d- divisions to be fun and, and good and, and close. So yeah, hopefully. Fun and things... good and close. Fun and good and close. That's what you, you want them to be fun and good and close. Fun yeah, and you good don't and want to be watching games where you're getting battered by the Saints. I know that. No, no. Also, fun, good and close are also <laughs> the three things I'm looking for in a relationship. So it crosses over between the two sports. <laughs> but yeah. But... The three... Hang on, they're the three opposites to the things you're looking for in a relationship. Very true, very true. But this isn't about me. This is about Andy Dalton. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, moving on. So, so that's I think yeah. Hopefully, things change within the AFC West, but those seems to be the kind of sticking points from last week. But having chatted about some of the teams that you know didn't do so well for us last week, I think it's probably a good time to start picking out our predictions for the coming weekends. Currently, you still lead me by one prediction. 
So right now it's 26 out of 41 for Gavin <clears throat> over the last three weeks of predictions and 25 out of 41 for me. So for, first game of the week, Thursday night, Eagles versus Texans. Who's your money on? Uh, to say anything other than the Eagles would be pure madness. 7-0 and versus a team that has won one game all season. It's got to be the Eagles. Yep, I, I agree with you. I think the Eagles are a complete team. I think the Texans aren't aren't doing enough things right at the moment. The the Eagles are getting hot. They're continuing <clears> to be hot. Jalen Hurts is playing well, so I'm going with the Eagles for this too. Next game, Chargers versus Falcons. It's on, it's on you to go first. Me first this time. Okay, so I'm going to go with the Chargers for this one. I think that as much as there's some issues with the Chargers in terms of health of receiver, they'll get Keenan Allen back. They're good running back. And Eckler who's playing amazing this season. Herbert's still playing well. And as much as the Falcons are leading their division, uh, I just don't think that the Falcons have enough to beat the Chargers, especially with the pressure that the Chargers defense can get on a game-by-game basis with Bosa and Mack. Boom. Uh, I'm going to go Chargers. Uh, I, I, again, I, I always seem to do this, but I, I, I have so much faith in certain quarterbacks to just to win more games than they lose. I think Herbert is that quarterback. I think the Chargers. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Dolphins at Bears. Dolphins at Bears. Um, it's, I, 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 I do often quite often go with the home team, but I'm going to go Dolphins. Um, again, they just added... To their defense, um, Tua's fit. Tyreek Hill is on fire. Waddle picks up all the touchdowns on the sly, getting more points when I want Tyreek to get them. <laughs> um, I, th- <laughs> I think the Dolphins. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the Dolphins are going to win this one. I think Fields has made some strides and seems to be improving game by game. They obviously gave us some more help with Claypool trading over from the Steelers. We've got some good running backs, but I think the Dolphins have just got too much on offense. I don't think that Bears defense are going to be able to to do enough to 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 get any kind of any kind of momentum against the Dolphins offense, especially with the Bears trading away their star pass pass rusher Robert Quinn as well. Yeah, and considering. The, the points that Dallas put on the Bears last week. Yeah. Um, you'd, you'd actually say the Dolphins have got an even more dynamic offense, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, so, yeah, could, could could be quite a high score. Yeah, yeah, I, I reckon it probably will be. Um, next game, Panthers at Bengals. So, I think I'm going first on this one. I'm going to go Bengals. I think as much as they didn't look that good against the Browns, I think that was a big case of them trying to figure out what they were going to do without Jamar Chase being an integral part of their offense whilst he's injured. So, I think this has given them the time to now figure that out. And I think as much as the Panthers' defense has shown some good things, they shoot themselves in the foot too much. And so, my money's on the the Bengals for, for this. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to obviously go with the Bengals as well. Um, I, I I think class is class is permanent, um, and they've got class at quarterback. Um, yep. So I would be amazed if the Panthers won this game, which obviously leads to a Panthers surprise win. But yeah, no, yeah. I'm going, Beng- I'm, especially, I'm going Bengals, too. especially after the whole Bucks Panthers fiasco earlier this season. <laughs> Panthers <laughs> Panthers are holding in there in games, but they're just they're not winning games consistently no. enough to beat a guy like Joe Burrow. I'd say. Yeah, no, totally. Packer, Packers at Lions. I mean, I've Packers already, I've already predicted this one with my my little. It'll be fun to watch segment earlier, so I may yeah. as well go first. Packers win forty two thirty against the Lions. Okay, right. So this is where obviously I lose all my senses because uh, whilst you are stats, I am story. 
Yeah. And I am I am going to see the Lions pull off a shock win uh, at home, motivated by divine intervention. No, no, I, I don't know why. Uh, I I think the Lions are going to win this one. Um, obviously, it's 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 going to be close. Um, home field advantage, Packers inconsistent. I'm saying Lions. I think it would also just put the final nail in the coffin of the Packers season if they lose to a, a Lions team, which is just kind of terrible on defense and, and hasn't been great all season. It would just be it would just be to see Rogers' face after that game. Like how how has this that's happened? Why. Yeah, that's why. That that's why. Yeah, I, I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. Raiders at Jaguars. Okay, so this will be you first since I technically did the last one. Yeah, uh, this is a really, really tough one. Yeah. Uh, because two and five versus two and six. Uh, Raiders inconsistent. Jags hardly very consistent. They started so well against the Broncos the other mm. day. I think if they can keep that going the whole game, they can win. And for that reason, I'm going to say Jags are going to win this one. So yeah, good. yeah, I, I, I think that the Jaguars are one of this te- these teams that starts off fast and then seems to sort of fall apart during the the second half of the game. And uh, and Raiders are a team that one week will turn up and be great, and the next week will turn up and be very bad. So I, I think it's going to be hard to predict these two teams for the rest of the season. But I think that the the Raiders will come off their last loss annoyed, and I think they're just going to do. It, enough especially with their rush defense being pretty good this season and the jaguars using a lot more um etienne now i think the raiders are just going to have too much for for the jaguars and i think there's going to be a bit more of a a comeback game for jacobs and and adams in this one after after the last game so yeah i'm going with raiders for this one see honestly if i was if that was the cowboys there's no way i'd be packing them because i just think i'd be jinxing them yeah, I'd, I'd you're just... not me. You're so you're you're a stats guy. Yeah, I'm 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 hard. I'm, I'm fields. That's a good thing. Is the the I'm I'm, I'm I'm story. The the stats take Which... away the emotion, so I can go. The Raiders are going to win because exactly. of this reason, rather than going. I feel like they're going to win because I don't feel exactly. like the Raiders are going to win. But I exactly I I feel I'm, like they can. <laughs> yeah, I am a moron. Um, Colts at Patriots. Um, okay. yeah, I, I'm, I'm, uh, you're going first on this one. I'm going first on this one. The one-time yes. classic t- game. The, yeah. the, the one-time battle of the Titans. Yeah, yeah. It's a game of so much history. Now I'd say it gets sort of caught in the the mix of everything else with the, you know, Mac Jones versus Sam Ellinger is not quite the same as Brady versus Manning, but <laughs> really? ha- uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, however, I, I, I think my money's on the Patriots for this one. They're coming off a, a game where they forced Wilson to throw three interceptions against them. They're back at 500. If they win this game and the, the Jets lose, that puts them into third in the division, only a couple of games back. I think that, Belichick and play against young quarterbacks who are in their first couple of starts. The, the, those quarterbacks tend to just never do very well. So I think that the Patriots defense is just going to smother Ellinger of the Colts and the Patriots get the win here. It's also at the Patriots as well. So it's, it's a home game for the Patriots. So I, I just, yeah, yeah it's too I, much I, for I the think Colts. This, I think this is another one of those games where, and, and there aren't many coaches in, 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 in NFL where you can really say that the coaches win these certain games. But for the Patriots, and I think they're going to win this game, to go five and four with a mm. team that's not really loaded with stars. Um, we'll say a lot about Belichick. Um, 
it'd be scary what he'd do. He must, he must be desperate to get another quarterback to to get another Brady. You know? Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. But 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 he, he yet he still finds a way of winning games. I think the I think the Patriots will win this one. Yeah, 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 a hundred percent. But that brings us on to a matchup from the same division. So that's Bills versus Jets, and this is at in New York, at the Jets. Uh, uh, it, uh, the Bills, um, they are a, a a force to be reckoned with, and uh, I can't see anyone beating them at the moment. Uh, let alone the Jets, who have had a better season than maybe some might have expected. But yeah, for me, it's the Bills win. Yeah, I agree. I think the Bills get the win here. I think the Jets have shown a lot of good things on defense. And I think they really showed that they missed Brees Hall on offense at the weekend and just couldn't get that running game going as much as they wanted to. Obviously, they're not going to happen for the rest of the season. So I think the Bills are just going to definitely have too much for the jets on both offense and also on defense and yeah i just think they're a lot better than the jets are and the bills are are going to be one of the teams to beat in the the afc for the rest of the season so yeah my money's on the on the bills for this one which brings us now to vikings at washington's vikings at the commanders i'm going to go vikings for this one Obviously, they just picked up Hawkinson in the, the trade deadline as well. So on offense, they've got good receivers, good tight end, good in the running back situation. Kirk's playing well this season. Defense, they're doing well in their pass rush. They're smothering quarterbacks all over the place. So I think the Vikings, as much as I love Taylor Heideke and I, I like seeing him do well when it's such a wholesome story to see him do well. I knew you'd, I knew you'd main, mention him. Oh, uh, it's just, to. it's just, it's just, you know, as much as you, got you a little, gets, I think you've got a little man crush. There, I do, actually. I do, I do. It's just Heineke crush. It's just, I love the fact that the commanders pay all this money to Wentz, bring him in. He's going to be the guy that changes everything. The team's sitting at two and four. They bring in Heineke. He beats Rogers next game he, he gets a you know a, a fourth quarter under two minutes drive and then wins another game it's just it's just the kind of stuff you want to see like when you see a backup quarterback come in and do well but having said that I don't think he's going to do well enough to beat the Vikings uh that's uh sorry sorry Mr. Heideke I sorry, sorry. To, to to put over you, your you can you can say sorry to when he comes home for his dinner later can't I you? will I will we'll, we'll chat weird we'll little chat. marriage yeah um, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna go Vikings too I just think they're gonna have too much uh for the commanders um yeah Hawkinson is, is such a, I think he's a really good addition um really sort of compliments the running game that they've got so yeah Vikings for me Oh, how about Seahawks Cardinals? Our next game. Seahawks Cardinals. Um, I've ummed and ahed over this one, and I am gonna go Cardinals for I think one of the best reasons ever, and that is simply that I can't see the Seahawks as a six and three team. Uh, Geno Smith is doing amazing things, all things considered. I just don't see the Seahawks as a six and three team, and I might of course be proved wrong after this game, but. Uh, it's home field advantage for the Cardinals. Uh, Murray still has something about him, um, and I think the Cardinals are going to win. It's, it's interesting you say you can't see uh, the Seahawks at, as a six and three team because that all that's part of my reasoning for the next matchup of who I'm going to predict for that. So, however, for this game, I do see the Cardinal uh, the I do, the Cardinals. Oh no, I do see the Seahawks <laughs> as a six and three team. Uh, I think they're doing well at running the ball with Kenneth Walker. I think you know you've got Lockett and Metcalf playing well. I thought the team would kind of peter out a bit in mid-season because I thought that once there was more tape on Geno Smith, the team would start to figure him out of defense and he'd, you know, 
he'd start to fall back a bit and not be so good. But that doesn't seem to be happening, and they just seem to be racking up wins against good teams. So I think the uh, the train, the metaphorical train, keeps on rolling, and the the Seahawks win another one, and they they head to Germany the week after um, with a record of six and three. And that brings us to the next game, which is going to be their opponent in Germany. So our next game to predict is the Bucks versus the Rams. And this is in Tampa. Yeah, Bucks-Rams. Uh, you never thought that you'd go into this game, week nine, with them both with losing records. That's yeah. like crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. That is crazy. Um, I'm going to go Bucks on this one. Um, I think, I think, I don't think, I don't see Brady allowing things to get so bad I, I think brady turns it around yeah because i know everyone wants to write everyone everyone loves like writing people off don't they and the fact that brady's even playing at the level he's playing at 45 is incredible yeah um i i think the bucks are picking up a little bit of momentum home field advantage huge game um i think the bucks win yeah, I, th- I think the same. I think right now the, the Rams offense is kind of just throw to Cooper Cup. And if Cooper Cup isn't open, just kind of panic and hope that he gets open at some point. As the Bucks are starting to become, they looked a lot better against the Ravens last week. Uh, they're starting to put things together. And for you, the same reason you can't see the Seahawks as a 6-3 and three team, I can't see Tom Brady on a 3-6 and six team. And so I think that this is the turning point of the season where the Bucks win. You know, they beat the, the reigning Super Bowl champions, get a good win here. They go to Germany against the Seahawks. And then I think they'll beat the Seahawks in Germany and be, you know, at 500 after that game. And I think the, you know, the, the ball will start to roll with that. And in a division that isn't so good this year, I think that'll be kind of the turning point and the Bucks starting to put some momentum together. So yeah, I'm going with the Bucks for this game. Okay. Last Titans, two. Chiefs. Titans versus Titans, Chiefs. Chiefs. Batter up. Batter up. So this will be this will be me for this one first, won't it? Yeah. I'm going to go with the Chiefs, not just because of how explosive they are, but because that Titans team, I think if Malik Willis starts, there's no chance that the Titans win against the Chiefs. But also if Tannehill starts, I think that team is always going to run through Derrick Henry until Derrick Henry doesn't play for them. The Chiefs rush defense has been pretty good this year. And I don't think the Titans really have many weapons on offense that are healthy at the moment. You know, Robert Woods was kind of the big guy that went to the Titans, but hasn't really done a massive amount since being over there. That You know, they're, unless their offense runs through Henry, if you can stifle Henry, their offense can't really do much. So I think that the uh, the Chiefs also coming off a bye week where they've had a chance to to get some players healthy and give their bodies a break. They'll, they'll be fully up to the task of tackling Henry and smothering him. And obviously that Chiefs offense is just so explosive. So yeah, I'm going with the Chiefs for this one. Um, I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Chiefs. I would absolutely love to see Derek Henry steaming, like just dragging his team to a victory. Here. <laughs> because when he's when he and he and he is the momentum's getting there, and he is such a dominant force. I just think the Chiefs are gonna have too much, and of course the Titans quarterback situation isn't ideal going to a place like the Chiefs. Um, no, you'd have to think that, that even if even if the Titans running game. Uh, you know, it's impressive. You'd have to think the Chiefs are going to have too much for them. So, yeah, I'm going to go Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. No, I, th- I think the Chiefs are just one of these teams that, unfortunately, there's a lot of teams in the league that just can't can't deal with the offense that the, the Chiefs put up. And, obviously, you get another weapon in Kadarius Tony going over there, too. Who, mm. If he reaches his full potential, he's going to be an amazing player. So, so yeah, I think the Chiefs are the, the almost a safe bet in this situation. 
Which brings us on to our final game of the week to predict, which is the Ravens in New Orleans at the Saints. And despite the fact that the Saints are coming off the back of a... What, who, what was what was the what was the score in their last game? Uh, I, I don't I don't. It was so did they, long ago. Did they score twenty? How it, many points did the did they score twenty four? You know, it, it was so long ago. I I can't did, remember. I tend to put the past behind on, me hold, and just hold, look hold forward. Up. Hold up. I'm just getting a score up on the uh, on the internet. On the on yeah. Let me let me just let me just let me just. Look are you, at the are score. you recording this podcast on a typewriter? I just so I'd, I'd really really emphasize that I'm tapping onto the keys right I now. See, I it see. says here. It says here that they they they. The Raiders. They played the Raiders. Oh, yeah. I, I, I believe so. I, I believe and, and so. And says, says here that the Raiders didn't score any points. That, that would, <sighs> that would, that would be correct. Must that must be a typo on the internet? I think so because the thing is that yeah. the word Raiders sounds a lot like Ravens, and this is who the Saints yes, are playing this week. Exactly. So, so who's your yeah. money off? So it's, it's, never mind it the past. Here, no one cares about. It the says past. here twenty four. Uh, um. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I Ravens, uh, Ravens, because uh, for the simple reason that they're not as bad as the Raiders. Um, Jackson can't argue with that. Jackson, uh, uh, the Ravens, uh, Jackson, um, they are a good side, um, and they will win because they are a good side. Yeah. What a yeah. what a reason that is. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's as simple as that. The Ravens <laughs> are a good side. They they, added, they're a better side. Yeah. yeah they, I say they obviously added um, Roquan Smith from the Bears in a trade. They're, they've uh, activated Tyus Bowser and their their star rookie uh, David Ajabo. Um, I think at the end of the day, the re- one of the reasons the Raiders lost is because they couldn't pressure the quarterback against the Saints at all. Uh, Erdy Dalton wasn't hit at all. And I think the thing is the Ravens have got the ability to to have a stellar pass rush. And even if their secondary hasn't been so good this season, where you can rush the quarterback and get him off kilter and, and you know, that, uh, given the opportunity that he can't pass the ball. And even with open receivers, if you've got defenders in his face, he can't pass the ball. I think the Ravens on defense will just, you know, smother Dalton and the Saints. Um, on offense, the Ravens are showing that even if they don't have Mark Andrews in there or don't have Rashad Bateman in there, that they can still play very, very good. Gus Edwards is playing very, very well. So I'm going to go with the Ravens for this one as well to finish off our predictions. Which brings us to the end of the NFL section. So give me some give me some give me some things you've been listening to music wise. What's what you've been Things listening well, to? New old obviously, uh, because I, I don't listen to the new music. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to something actually that I, you know, when you, I, you know, you randomly, your brain suddenly just throws up something. You're like, you haven't listened to that band in a long time. Yeah. Uh, Sonic Youth, oh, in okay. particularly. Have you heard, have, have you ever listened to Sonic Youth? I've heard of them. Yeah. If you've right, so basically they were like there, pre Nirvana, like that okay. early early grunge. Um, like early nineties, they were like their dirty music, dirty guitars. Um, and one album in particular, um, which, which was literally like an album that I listened to. Like, I remember we actually, you know what? I think I kind of, I stumbled upon them late, but it's an album I listened to like, like so much for a, for a certain period of my life. Um, and and then for some reason, you kind of stop. You know, you you kind of almost forget about that album, and it, it's just so it's so bizarre that you could actually 
forget about an album. Do you know, do you know, do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. a long, convoluted way of saying it. But how can, you get you come back to an album? You think, how can I've not listened to this album for so long? But, <laughs> yeah, no, anyway, I get what you called, mean. The album is called Dirty. Um, it was released in 1990 something. I should have looked up. Like really early 90s, like 91, 92. Um, and yeah, so Sonic Youth, Dirty. The the first song is just called 100, percent and it sets the tone. It's it's dirty. It is a it's ironic that it's called dirty because it really is a dirty guitar album, and I love it. Love that, love that. That sounds great. I'll definitely have to check that out. It's it's nice for you. It's almost like just no nonsense, like rock. Like how I describe it's, it, like, oh, it's it, just it, no it, nonsense. It's, like it's 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 like it's filth. It's scratching guitars. It's it really is. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's great. Love that. I've been listening to it literally all week, like relentlessly. Oh, definitely. I'll definitely have to check that out. We've had, we've had yeah, we've had some nice contrast of albums of like artists and that. My 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 artist this week's a bit a bit different to that. It's an artist called Noisy, who I actually discovered i think again a lot of the stuff i discover is on a discover spotify playlist like i listen to it weekly because i tend to find that they give some quite nice recommendations but noise is kind of their, their, their description on on spotify you know you read the descriptions that says oh this band is from here and this band you know once did this and so on it literally just yeah. says your new favorite band that sound nothing like a band which is the best way i can describe them because they're kind of like there's a bit of an electronic thing going on there. They're quite kind of rappy, but they've got a bit of a hip hop influence. They're, they're just a kind of mix of things, but it's got quite a kind of earthy sort of English, like uh, sort of a bit of a Jamie T meets some sort of like electronic sound, which is quite cool. And their songs are quite sort of, I'd say the, the type of songs that you want to listen to at the gym or the type of songs you want to listen to if you're going for a run, like quite high right, energy, okay. high BPM, but... The, yeah. the lyrics are also just quite nice and the dude's voice is when he's rapping he's got a good tone to his voice when he's rapping and and yeah they, they haven't actually got a album out they've got what odd spotify describes as a single what i describe as an ep is from 2020 and it's called i wish i was a and i wish i was a is probably my favorite song of theirs but it's got another song called put a record on there which is really good where's your head is also really good Oi, ATM is really good. Like, it's just as a sort of quick EP that's, you know, only 15 minutes, basically, you could throw on as a bunch of songs there. It, it's good. It's it's just something a bit a bit different. Um, I remember I started a little Instagram ages ago that I was doing a little edit, like NFL edits and putting on there. Um, and one of his, uh, one of Noisy's songs I actually used for uh, like Josh Allen, like Buffalo Bills edit um and then they've just sort of appeared randomly on and off from there when i was driving to work on sunday i was listening to them and they're just one of these just sort of nice energy good bands that you can kind of listen to so yeah noise is my 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 pick for this week nice sounds cool nice noise noisy noise oh and on that on that note that seems like the the perfect perfect end point thanks for being a a part of another episode this was a fun one again today been a pleasure no really really enjoyed it i mean the, the key the key takeaway from it is is clearly uh tony pollard is amazing yeah tony pollard's amazing of, of all the stuff of all the stuff we talked about tony pollard is amazing oh uh, and uh the las vegas raiders and the not good coaching yeah basically tony pollard good las vegas raiders bad and on that note perfect end point but yeah, thanks for being a part of another episode. Thank you guys for listening as well. 
if you want to see some more clips from the episode and catch some news and that for the week and kind of more of the things that we're doing uh follow us on clutchdown pod on twitter and then up clutchdown podcast on insta and tiktok and wednesday seems to be our day that we're bringing out new episodes weekly so we'll catch you again next week for another episode of wednesday and we'll see you then Thank you.